Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. Today, I'm joined by Dana Zhang of the EWMBA 2021 program. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sean. So happy to be here. Dana, I remember meeting you when you had just been accepted to Haas and you went to like one of the first welcome dinners, right? Yep. You were the first Haasie I met, actually, (laughs) looking back. Yeah. But, you know, I actually realized I know very little about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself before you came to Haas, what you did, what you studied your undergrad. So I was actually born in China Mm -hmm. and my dad moved to the U.S. when I was seven. Mm. And then two years later, my mom and I came over. So we moved to L.A. and then did elementary high school in L.A. in a city called Alhambra, Uh where all the good Asian food is. And after getting into Berkeley, which was amazing because I actually found out about that on my brother's birthday. Oh, wow. So very important day. I will never forget because <laughs> I took my younger brother to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. We had a ton of fun. And then right after we came home, I logged onto the portal knowing that the results had came out and found out that I got into Berkeley. Wow. So that was huge. So that moment, I feel like changed my life. Uh-huh. Then coming to visit Berkeley, I loved it. I wanted to be here. So I came and then somehow studied econ, not really knowing what I wanted to do, but uh-huh. that's what I applied with. That's what I ended up graduating with. And then decided to stay around the Bay Area. Okay. So undergrad was super fun. I did two study abroad programs. I did one in Cambridge in the UK. And then I did one in Hong Kong. So when I then thinking about what I wanted to do for a job, I wanted an opportunity that allows me to travel. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could work for an American company yeah. who can ship me abroad? And that ended up working out, which is really cool. So I started my first job after doing a successful internship at Wells Fargo in their international group that doesn't really exist today. But I had a great time working with Asian banks who have branches in the U.S. So in that job, I was able to have a portfolio of clients. I was able to travel abroad to Hong Kong, to Shanghai, and to Beijing. I also got to travel a lot to New York and L.A. to see my clients and felt that I really grew a lot and learned a lot about how I like to work with people at the job. So what did you do after Wells Fargo? So after that, I was recruited to join the company I currently work at, which mm-hmm. is called Lending Club. And what was interesting was I applied to some jobs at Lending Club, did not hear back from any of those opportunities. A recruiter at the same time reached out to me about a different opportunity, which is a role to work with banks because mm. I was already working with banks. I remember being very interested in the company because Lending Club is the largest, one of the older company in this whole P2P lending space. So the opportunity was very exciting because at the time, the company was growing tremendously, right? And I would be the second hire to work with my manager and manage all of the relationships that we have with banks. I see. So you mentioned that Lending Club is P2P, right? How did Lending Club make the transition from P2P to banks? Yeah. So P2P... First off, what is P2P? P2P is peer-to-peer, right? So someone like myself could be Uh lending someone like you money through the internet. Got it. It's interesting. So Lending Club was founded actually as a Facebook application. Mm. And so it was that if I have extra money, I could be lending that to somebody who needs it and then using the Facebook network effect to create a pool of people and a pool of money. How did it turn from P2P to more institutional money, which is the case today? It's largely, if you think about it, 
it's a supply and demand problem, mm-hmm. right? So the more people want to borrow money, then you think about what is the most efficient way to give them money. Right. And sure, it works. We can continue to ask only individuals to give us their money to invest, but that scale the growth could not be as fast compared to if we were to go to a financial institution or a hedge fund or any other large asset managers to give us their money. It's just more efficient. Okay. So what brought you back to Berkeley for Haas? Right when I graduated from undergrad, I was like, there's no way I want to go back to school. (laughs) As with all of us. Right. (laughs) But I would have to say after working for a couple of years, I realized that if I want to continue to grow, which I absolutely want to. Yeah. Only working is one way to grow, but the breadth and the depth of that growth, I think, will be very heavily impacted. So I thought that coming to business school will be one way to literally put myself on a roller coaster, <laughs> on a rocket, whatever yeah. we want to call it, to really feel that growth and really figure out what is it that I really want to do. Right. And so business school was exciting because the idea of the school bringing a group of very driven, very talented, very diverse people into a place and really go through this journey together was very appealing to me. Right. I loved coming here for undergrad. I would have to say Haas as an MBA student is very different from my undergrad experience. Yeah. One reason was I decided that I wanted to do a part-time business program. And because of that, I think it made it easier to make a decision on where I want to go. I learned from my previous manager who put me into this new role at work. She Uh, was an EW alum and she spoke very highly about the program, about her experience, right? I see. And so I think she was a big influence into me wanting to come to Berkeley specifically for the part-time program. Got it. What has your experience been at Haas so far? It's been crazy. Did you know that you were coming in for investment banking? No. I thought investment banking would be the last thing I wanted to pursue. (laughs) What did you want to pursue when you first came here? I thought I wanted to go down this chief of staff or general management track. Right. And so I felt that I had sales client-facing experience. I started to get more internal senior management collaboration, all of that at work. And so I thought those are two building blocks, but there are a couple more that I don't have yet. And so I thought business school was the perfect place to round out all the building blocks. Got it. And what attracted you to investment banking? Professor Goodson, Yeah. to be honest. I had heard about his very famous turnarounds course, I think right when I started the program because my manager spoke very highly about that class. Huh. And after the first year, figured out that I could do summer school. Yeah. So tried really hard to get into the turnarounds class and just loved that experience. I think I got lucky in a sense where I think Professor Goodson and our GSIs for the class noticed there's something right that they wanted to dig deeper in for me the fact that I was asked to present some slides and I got great feedback about it right the fact that I felt like the materials were extremely interesting and engaging and all the time and effort all of us put in for the class it was more than 100 hours of prep work going into that class which was insane for people who don't know turnarounds is a one-week Intensive course, uh, what, five days? Five days. Straight. Straight. And you're working probably, well, you start class around nine and you probably don't go home until midnight every night. So you're saying that even with that nine to midnight, Monday through Friday schedule before that, you guys put in? Yeah, at least a hundred hours of prep work. That's amazing. Did you do it too? No, I did not. Okay. I've not taken the class. I've taken (laughs) Gibson's M&A class and most recently, a private equity yeah. class. But that class was just, it was incredible. I feel like it completely changed the way I was thinking about 
the career path that I want to be on. I learned a lot about myself. Uh-huh. How so? I'm curious. Um, I feel like I, I've always known that I like to be in stressful situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're in the situation, you're not happy, right? Mm-hmm. But every time looking back, I feel like I've gained the most out of any super stressful situation. Right. So I actually like that. I like being pushed. I like being challenged. I like to step out of my comfort zone and really be able to grow, right? right? And I felt like that class gave me the opportunity to get a glimpse into that. Also, I feel like a whole element about this class is the idea that all of us, we could be going into a company, identify quickly what is going on that's not working or what is working yeah. and how do you salvage a really bad situation and turn something around. And for me, like that was a crazy, crazy experience. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, because at least listen to your story right now. Was there anything that happened in mm-hmm. you know the preparation for turnarounds, yep. those hundred hours yep. that really yes. engaged you? Yes. So think back. for that class, similar to your PE class that we just took, there was a Google group, and that was meant to be a platform for us to talk about all the cases that we're working on, to ask any questions that you may have or share insight. And so I think a smart thing that my study group did for that class was during the time we were prepping, as there were 15 or 16 cases that we had to prep for. And mm-hmm. so that's a lot of stuff for one person to manage, right? Or for everybody to be on top of every single case. Yeah. So we made a decision to split it up in terms of everybody taking about four cases that they are the lead on. Right. And so we would do the prep work and then every night we will schedule a one-hour call for the person responsible for a case to go over that case and educate the entire team. Wow. And so thing we did was that we recorded our calls. At least for me, there was one case where I was, you know, our team lead for, and we delve into this whole inventory management, ARAP. And I think Professor Goodson actually watched parts of that video or clippets of it. But we sent that video out to the class and he replied to me directly and said, great job. I want you to present this, right? So I think for me, like that moment, it was like, okay, I guess I kind of maybe do know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was the first thing. And then we all knew going into the class that the way Goodson teaches is he really engages the class and he really believes in the power of letting all of us teach each other, right? right? So he does a really great job of making sure that students have a voice in the room. We are up there presenting things from time to time. And so we all know, knew going into the class that if Goodson calls us the day before class starts, it's a great sign that he already noticed us. Yep. And so I remember getting a call from him the day before class and he said, this is exactly what I want you to do, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you more details as we progress throughout the week. Like that felt really good. Yeah. <laughs> In my experiences here at Haas so far, there have been a couple professors that are this engaging. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just they respond to you, but it seems like they really read what you wrote. Like mm-hmm. they really evaluate your your ideas or your thoughts or your decision making skills, whatever it is, and then kind of call you out on it right? yep. and push you to mm-hmm. present yep. your perspective, whether it's right or wrong. And I think that's something that Professor Goodson does really good at. Yep. You know, it's um if you don't pay attention, you don't, you don't really notice that effort, but yep. I think it's a it's a big effort. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so that class forces everybody whether you want to or not, to be yeah. very prepared. Yeah, to be very... Which, it's such a great thing. Very prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody walks into a guessing <laughs> class unprepared, lest not read the case. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you were just asking for murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So was there anything unique about the Berkeley experience in terms of career exploration um, that you would like to point out? Like anything that you thought was really helpful in helping you make decisions? I think first of all, I really appreciate the fact that Haas allows part-timers to go through the on-campus recruiting process. Mm. I've learned that that's not the case for every business school that have multiple programs. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely take advantage of that. Talk to the career coaches, which have been phenomenal. I've spoken to a couple when I started the program, when I started this whole exploration exercise of what is it that I really want to do. Right. And talking to different career coaches also gave me different perspectives. Yeah. And so that was helpful, but that was still before I decided to go through recruiting. Um, I think a lot of people come to Haas because they think of tech. That Mm. is where we send most of our students to, right? But I would have to say, I think now going through the investment banking or finance recruiting overall, I think it's actually a very smart idea to come to a school that is not focused on finance in this case and recruit for finance. Interesting. Why is that? I think we have a competitive advantage. One, I think the pool of students from your own school is much smaller, which is a good thing. And I'm realizing this also after attending some recruiting events where I met a lot of students from other schools and learned how competitive it is at some of the programs just for them to be eligible to recruit, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So basically the school does a round of, or the career management service does a round of cutting before (laughs) students are able to go out there and try to recruit for a job. Right. But it's fun. I think Haas has a lot of really great resources from a career perspective. Mm. I think the hard part is for all of us to make sure we're taking advantage of that. Yeah. So there's a whole ecosystem of students helping students. The school has a lot of programming, a lot of support, a lot of people who are here to help, but they're not going to hand anything to you, right? Right, So it's about all of us making sure that we're taking the initiative to take advantage of these resources. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, pieces of uh, parting wisdom or advice for prospective students? Yes. I would say join the clubs. Mm -hmm. And I remember to this day, what Sean told me the first day I met him was that he joined every single club <laughs> so he can get all the newsletters and always have an idea of what's going on. And so I took that advice to heart. The day we were eligible to sign up for clubs, I signed up for as many of the ones <laughs> I, as, as I had a slight interest in, right? And from that, for me, I think a huge part that has been really value add for my experience at Haas being a part-time student, which is hard because you just have so much more stuff to manage with your time, right. um, is to run for club leadership. Yep. And so for me, like maybe I over-indexed a little bit last year and ran for a little bit too many that I can handle. So in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have done as many, but I would have focused on one to two clubs that I really, really care about Mm. and run for officer positions, get to know other students. You get to meet a lot of full-time students, a lot of also very diverse people, and you're able to contribute in a very meaningful way back to the community. That's great advice. The MBA is such a safe space that uh, encourages you to bite off more than you can chew and make fumbles and make mistakes and yep. and fail in certain ways. And what better place to do that than at the MBA? Yeah. 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 And you're going to be surprised at how far you've come in one year. I have no idea what this next year will unfold, but I think it's going to continue to be crazy in a really, really cool way. That's awesome. Oh yeah. One more thing is I wish I 
spent some time doing case competitions. Mm. I've had a lot of classmates who had a lot of success doing them. They've gone on to compete in final rounds, representing the school, winning first places at things. And they said it's really an opportunity to step out of their day-to-day and do something completely different, right? And for them, it's been a huge learning opportunity. And I, I will see if I can make it work next semester. That's great. It's fun. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. My aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Haasies willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give you more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast, or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachshawn at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu.